0: Welcome back to our continued studies in Proverbs, and in this phase of our studies, we are moving from topic to topic. We have visited these topics so far—the use of the tongue, humility and pride, and most recently the Proverbs that concern family life. Next in our plan of study, friendship. I'm going to begin with a familiar statement from the book of Genesis. After God made man, he said, Genesis 2, 18, it is not good for man to be alone. God then created a companion for Adam. That's about marriage. But within that statement made by God, there is recognition of the value of companionship. Here's another place where companionship is brought up. In Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 12. It says two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. So in Genesis, in Ecclesiastes, then in the New Testament, in the New Testament, Jesus offers himself as our friend. And we respond by being friends of Jesus, trusting and following him. We sing about this. There's not a friend like Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. Can it be said that God built friendship into human life? I think so. Friendship was God's original idea. But we need to apply God's wisdom about friendship. Choosing friends, keeping friends, being good friends, the blessings, obligations pitfalls of friendship. Much of that is presented to us on the pages of Proverbs. I hope you'll have your Bible open and study with us on this subject that is relevant to everyone listening. Here's where I want to start. In passages we have already covered in Proverbs, there is already wisdom we can apply about choosing friends. Negatively, who not to associate with, has already been well covered in Proverbs. You may recall in Proverbs chapter 1, in that first father-to-son counsel, the father issues a stern warning. This is in Proverbs 1, 10 through 19. And part of that is, very simple, when robbers invite you in to gain violence and promise you a portion of the take, do not consent. Don't go there. Proverbs 1.15, do not walk in the way with them. That's pretty simple, straightforward. A gang of thugs want you to join in, and their plan is to beat someone up and give you part of the take. Don't do that. Those are not people worthy of your companionship. That's clear, bold, obvious in Proverbs chapter 1. There's another case in Proverbs chapter 2 about the forbidden woman and similar warnings in chapter 6 and 7. The father's counsel is, don't go with her. Don't go there. Don't get involved. That's clear, bold, obvious. Don't add these kind of people to your friends list. Still another obvious one in Proverbs chapter 6 is the reference made to the worthless person, who exhibits crooked speech, perverted heart, always working some deal? No, don't join up with them. So these cases early in Proverbs convey or imply it isn't wise to just join any group or connect in friendship with just anybody. It is one of those cases common in Proverbs where discretion is not just advised but commanded it is insisted upon to be right with God. You can't pick friends at random. You cannot be impulsive in choosing companions. There are certain kinds of people who exhibit such moral foolishness and reckless behavior, you must refuse to bring those people and their influences into your lives. Paul said, evil companionship corrupts good morals. So let's say, let's say you've taken these warnings seriously, and you've chosen good friends, and you want to be a good friend. What wisdom should be applied in those relationships? I've selected several passages from Proverbs for our attention. If you're listening to this and you want to pause and locate these passages in your Bible, that might be a good way to study this. First, I'm going to go to Proverbs 20 and verse 6. Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 6. Many a man proclaims his steadfast love, but a faithful man, who can find? Looking for a friend. It takes more than just a proclamation by someone. Faithfulness, steadfastness, good influence, integrity is discovered by observation, attitude, experience over time with someone. So don't be impulsive about friendship. And let me make this point. There is an old adage that if you find someone who likes what you like and they hate what you hate, you have found a friend. Well, you may have found someone like you, but maybe not really good for you. So let's go back and start over. Do you like what God likes and do you hate what God hates? Now you have an elevated model or criteria for friendship. Better to have a faithful friend based on the highest criteria, the highest criteria applied to you first and then to those you select to be your friends. Better to have a faithful friend based on that higher criteria that you've applied to yourself as well. Proverbs 17 17. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. There is another old adage you may have heard. Fair-weather friends. Fair-weather friends are right there with you as long as everything is going well. But when you hit the storms of life, you look around and they're gone. We want friends who will be there for us not only in good weather but right there with us through the storms and we want to be that kind of friend a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity Proverbs 27 verses 6 and 17 Proverbs 27 verse 6 and then verse 17 Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Verse 17 of Proverbs 27, Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. Well, here is where this may be getting just a little hard for us. A true friend, as defined by God, will tell us the truth. The truth about who we are including, yes, our failings. This oft-quoted verse, Proverbs 27:17, about iron, sharpening iron, has a positive and negative component. The positive component is to encourage us, impart knowledge, lead us by example, and confirm us in what we do that's right. But there's a negative component. And it relates to our previous point. To sharpen iron, there is friction. Sometimes friction in a friendship carries some degree of pain, but we need it. Looking back, we were helped by that friction. So these two verses in chapter 27 teach us something vital about friendship. Friends are honest with each other. And the biblical model is the wounds of a friend edify and bless us with needed correction. Uh, There is this book I read several years ago, and I go back to it all the time, called Crucial Conversations. Sometimes in friendships, you have to pick a good time, make certain you have your attitude correctly adjusted and speak clearly what needs to be said. With such wisdom, you disarm a negative response. Paul said, speak the truth in love. God gave us this great capacity to communicate, and his expectation is that we use it well to help, to be a valuable friend, and to have friends who are valuable to us and to embrace that good value. Proverbs thirteen twenty. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. How many times have we seen this play out among teenagers? We often express it like this. Well, he got into the wrong crowd or she was a good girl till she started hanging out with those kids. Wisdom from God given in His Word and here in proverbial manner for all ages, when applied, leads us to walk our companion with the wise. Knowing the companion of fools will suffer harm. So, Companionship or friendship has great value when we are guided by God's wisdom, avoiding detrimental association in pursuit of good friends and being a good friend. Here's three more passages I'll bring up briefly before I wrap up this study of friendship from the book of Proverbs. I'm now in Proverbs 25, and I'm going to look at verse 17 and then in 27, verse 14, Proverbs 25, 17, let your foot be seldom in your neighbor's house, lest he have his fill of you and hate you. And then in Proverbs twenty-seven, fourteen: whoever blesses his neighbor with a loud voice, rising early in the morning will be counted as cursing. Ray Ortland in his commentary, said about this, Friends need time together, and friends need time not together. We have an expression common in the South when I was growing up, Wearing out your welcome. Benjamin Franklin said, and this has been engraved on blankets in guest rooms, Guest? Like fish, stink after three days. God understands something about us. Privacy, time for families, social entertainment being temporary. God understands that. He talks to us about it in these verses. I had a friend years ago who would call frequently early in the morning. Sometimes I had to reach out of my bed to pick up the extension phone. And we had a good warm relationship, so I thought I might disarm him and send him a little message with some humor, but humor that contained some truth. And so after these repeated early morning calls, one morning about 6.30 I answered, knowing it would be him, and instead of saying, hello, I said, Proverbs 27, 14. Then I hung up. Lucky for me, it was him. He got the point, And he called later that day, and he took it well. We laughed about it. Don't wear out your welcome. And don't let others become intrusive in your home. This is wisdom from God. By the way... What I'm really tempted to do is paraphrase Proverbs 27.14 as applied to email, text, and social media. I'll work on that and get back to you later, but I promise not to call you early. Proverbs 25.11, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in a setting of silver. Here's something we talked about in an earlier episode in Proverbs, the general tone of our communication. Is it kind, helpful, well-worded, therefore well-received? Friendship depends on good communication, words fitly spoken. Positive and carefully stated negative words when called for, always to help, crucial conversations but also emphasis on words fitly spoken. I like what Ray Ortland wrote again. He said, our various family backgrounds left every one of us at least a little bit weird. So we need an honest friend from outside the tightly knit family to round us out. Every one of us needs to go to another person and say, help me see myself help me get sharper for Christ, I think that's good. Here's where I need to take this as I begin to wrap up this episode. Jesus Christ, as his life and message is presented to us by Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, is the perfect model of friendship. As you study his life, all the good elements of friendship are exhibited on display for our learning and our imitation, even in his death, primarily by his death. It might be said, John 15:13, Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Now to close, I want to say here exactly what I said about the family proverbs. I said, after we reviewed specific passages about marriage, family, parenting, discipline, I said, take everything else Proverbs says about attitude, the tongue, self-control, humility, everything, and put that into your heart, your life, and your family. Now, I have the same point to make about friendship. Take everything God is saying to us in Proverbs and throughout Scripture and put that into your concept and practice of friendship. Not just these specific passages, but every passage about everything God has said about every part of you. Be a Christian in every aspect, every corner of your life. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Thank you for listening.